0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Ched.
2: the, uh... Arizona Coyotes haven't had goaltender Mike Smith since December 8th. He's got a uh, core muscle injury. Anders Lindback out with an Achilles since mid-February. Tyson Nash, their analyst, is going to join us a couple of minutes. Obviously, we taped this earlier because Tyson's working right now. The Coyotes taking on the Flames. Shorthanded goal by Backlund. Flames lead it 1-0 early in the second period. St. Louis up 3-1 on the Ducks. That's into the third Dallas taking it to Chicago, 4-1, late in the second period. Ben and Sagan both with their 33rd. Spezza with his 26th. The Penguins beat the Blue Jackets 3-2. And the Flyers over the Lightning, 3-1. Western Hockey League, 2-0. Calgary leading Edmonton over at Rexall Place. Second period just started. They'll play again tomorrow in Calgary. And the curling 5-5 going to the 9th between Northern Ontario and Newfoundland at the Briar. Winner gets a uh, bye straight into Sunday's final. The loser plays tomorrow night against the winner of tomorrow afternoon's game between Alberta and Manitoba. And Mark Kennedy from the Alberta rink will join us a little bit later on as we move along on Inside Sports. The Oilers have activated Ryan Nugent Hopkins off injured reserve. They did not practice today, so we'll see uh, if Hendricks is going to be able to go. And uh, we'll check out the line combinations. You can follow me on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. I'll be tweeting that out. And then we'll have uh, coverage on 6.30 Chet leading up to the game. 6.30 face-off show. The puck will drop at 8.00. Arizona, Nashville, Saint Louis, Vancouver, Colorado. That's the upcoming five game homestand for your Edmonton Oilers. Matthew Panaschik is on the other side of the window this evening. How's your day been, buddy? It has been very good, Reed. Very You're always good. so happy. Are you ever down about anything?
1: I was exercising today, buddy. I was on the treadmill making 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 myself lose some weight. You know what I, I mean? I've, I've cut down on junk loss. food. No more bugles. Bugles <laughs> are out. There's none of that coming anymore.
2: Now, you can have... See, here's the thing. I lost, uh, last summer, over about five months, I lost 15 pounds.
1: You run like crazy, though.
2: It wasn't just... It was more the diet than the running. Yeah? Yeah. I just was a little more careful with it. And I still had treats. I just cut down on the treats. I cut down on the late night eating, which is a bit of a challenge for me with this job. I, work, I never am done work before nine on a day that I work. So, you know, sometimes you're a little hungry after work. It's okay to have a little bit. I just didn't have too much. You can have bugles. <laughs> God love you. You can have bugles, Matthew Panashik. I give you permission. Just don't, don't eat a whole bag at a time.
1: I'll try not to. You know, two bags is a little bit much as well sometimes. You would eat two bags in a day? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 go out and do that that's a lot of that's a lot of bugles they even for me that's a lot of bugles reed <laughs> just saying man you got to watch I right i
2: still say like the bugle bugles should hire you as their spokesperson you well phone them for me i don't know who makes bugles you got the connections in the world <laughs> yeah well yeah i yeah i'm pretty connected to people who make junk snack food thanks matthew panashik yeah <laughs> that's that's really where I, what i'm plugged into that world uh I tell you what we uh, we uh, are plugged into the hockey world, and Tyson Nash, the TV analyst for the Arizona Coyotes. Tyson, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the good old Al- Al- Alberta road trip, eh? You still you still like coming home? Oh, love it,
3: love it. This is uh, I like got deep roots here. So it's, it's good to come back. Good to see some family and friends. Uh, I was up here in uh, in Vancouver, saw some people. Calgary, and uh, and then uh, off to my old stomping grounds in Edmonton and Sherwood Park. So always look forward to
2: it. No, what uh, what minor hockey or what athletic club were you when you were a kid?
3: Uh, you know what? It was just uh, I don't know what we called it. It was just uh, Sherwood Park minor hockey. You just um, went out there and played that's where it all happened. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, exactly.
2: Well, cuz I know sometimes you know if guys were, whatever South Side Athletic Club, Maple Leaf Club, whatever, like they're that for life. So I wonder if you if you if you had that kind of uh mentality about it, but uh just more general minor hockey. All right. Uh thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Uh obviously it what man, what an interesting season for the Arizona Coyotes. Totally overachieving for a lot of the season and then you don't see a lot of W's since about uh, the middle of January. What's, what's gone on with the team? Is this water finding its level, do you think, or how do you explain it?
3: Well, you know, when you look at the, look at the hockey club and, and you look at how they were having success at the start of the year, uh, you know, a lot of it was, was their youth. And, you know, that has been the one constant. Uh, we've had some great efforts from some of our big veteran guys too, uh, guys like Shane Doan who has 24 goals, Oliver Ekman-Larsson who has 19 goals as a, as a defenseman leads the team in offense. And then you look at the, some of the young guys that I'm referring to, Tobias Reeder. I still consider him young. Uh, he's having another lights out year. Um, Max Domi, uh, you know, and Anthony DeClaire, the killer D's. We call them. They both have 17 goals apiece. Uh, they're surely going to hit 20 goals this season. I mean, those guys have been great from the start, and they have not stopped. All the way through, uh, but the big thing for the Coyotes has been their goaltending, uh, defense, and goaltending. And uh, if you don't have that, uh, you know, as you guys all know too well in Edmonton, you, you don't have a hope.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, this—I mean, I'm just looking at the Coyotes' last ten games. Even they've gone from three games over 500 to now uh, four under. And I mean, they allowed six. They only uh, allowed they've allowed five, they've allowed four, but they, I mean, they've also lost some low scoring games too. So it's kind of been, I, I don't know if they've, have they found a, a whole bunch of Achilles Achilles heels here down the stretch?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes offense, you know, you, you just, just don't have it, but again, the, the one consistency has to be how you play structurally, how you play uh, your team system. And uh, this team, for whatever reason, just hasn't done a good job of it. And, Uh, you know special teams have been uh, have been killer the penalty kill has completely imploded Uh, and a lot of that is to do with with goaltending at times you know you look at with Mike Smith going down and getting hurt Minbach getting hurt as well to a a season-ending injury Uh, you know then you got Louis Deming who thank goodness you know has come in and and really uh, helped kind of sustain things and kind of you know settle things down a little bit but uh, it's just been a revolving door as far as goaltenders go this year and uh, they just haven't been able to overcome it.
2: Yeah, Tyson Nash joining us inside sports on 630 chat. Oilers and Coyotes coming up tomorrow night. Looking at this team's roster Tyson and man, I mean, tons of UFAs and RFAs there's got to be a lot of question marks about what this team's actually going to look like next season.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this team is still in, in a rebuild mode and uh, I think they know that. I think everyone got excited, uh, you know, just how the season started and where they were at the All-Star break. Um, but there is going to be some tweaking and some adjustments that are, you know, going to have to be made. Um, you know, you got to get your goaltending, as I mentioned. You know, Mike Smith has got to be healthy, and he's got to get back to, to form like he was three years ago when he took the team to the Western Conference Final. I don't care who you put on the ice uh, and how many free agents uh, you bring in. If you don't have goaltending, you're not going to win. Um, they also have some young talent. I think, you know, the Coyotes have probably uh, the most top-end prospects in the entire National Hockey League, uh, you know, coming uh, down the pike. Uh, a guy like uh, Dvorak uh, in London just tearing the, the OHL up right now. Uh, Perlini, McInnes, uh, just to name a few. And now you add those guys to, to the list, Dylan Strom. Uh, you add those guys to Max Domi, Reeder, uh, Oliver ekman larsson Connor Murphy and uh and Duclair, and and now you you got something special and and then you just fill some holes with free agent uh you know what guys they keep uh you know that's going to be a big question mark you saw they already got rid of michael Bodker, couldn't get him signed uh and weren't going to give him the money that he he wanted and rightfully so so they have some money to spend as well
2: is there any lottery or draft buzz around this team especially given that you know matthews is from arizona
3: well, there's no doubt the Coyotes would love to to have him. There's no doubt that Austin Matthews would love to come to Arizona, where it all started for him. Uh, he's a big, uh, he's a uh, you know a big talker around the ice, band where uh, where he he grew up playing. And um, you know, I, I think the talk is going to start now, as you see this team uh, now 11 points back of that last wild card spot. It doesn't look likely uh, like they have a chance at the playoffs. So. Um, you know, it's. Uh, but you don't want to talk about that to the players. You don't want to talk about that to the coaching staff, but they're gonna bite your head off. They still want to win, and and rightfully so. That's why they're in the NHL. Uh, that's why they're coaching in the NHL because uh, they want to win, and that's their job. They're, they're in the business, the winning business. And um, but yeah, the Coyotes win, and the fans in in Arizona would love to see uh, Austin Matthews in a Coyotes jersey.
2: Well, you're right. You never <laughs> you never bring up that kind of talk. Uh... To the players, obviously, for sure. Did you ever go through that as a player? Well, I'm trying to look back on your career here. You you would have played on a Phoenix team, I think, that kind of dropped out of it early, didn't you? Maybe '04 4 or '05.
3: Oh, yeah, I did. And you know what? I look back now, and as a player, I mean, you don't want to lose. You don't want to be part of that. You want to win. You always want to win. I mean, losing sucks. And, uh, you know, when you look at it, though, and I think that's why this franchise was in, you know, such – disarray for so long as you know really when Wayne Gretzky came in uh you know they all of a sudden we were supposed to rebuild and now Gretzky comes in behind the bench and you can't lose when Wayne Gretzky's your coach you can't rebuild you can't be patient you you gotta win and you gotta win now so you know Mike Barnett our GM at the time went out and got you know some players that did just that but we still never made the playoffs but we always finished you know ninth or tenth so now you're picking, you're getting that 11th pick in the draft and you're not getting top-end guys. I mean, in Arizona right now, if we did it right back then when I was a part of the team, we would have had a Caves, we would have had a Kane, we would have had an Ovechkin, we would have had a Crosby or a Malkin. Well, we don't have any of those guys right now, and now we're just starting to get those pieces. We have a Dylan Strom. We might get an Austin Matthews this year. I, I mean, that's how you rebuild in today's game. I don't care how much money your owners have. You can't go out and buy players right now. There's no one available.
2: You looking forward to seeing McDavid tomorrow?
3: I am. I'm really excited. We haven't seen him yet this year. He's been banged up and injured, so uh, we're going to get a look at him, and we're, we're really excited about. It. He's the future of the NHL, and, and obviously a big face of, uh, of the NHL and the new breed. Skill and speed, and he's got a ton of it.
2: Get, just give me some perspective from an ex-player. How you mentioned the speed. How intimidating can that speed be when a guy's when you're on when you're on the ice against a guy like that?
3: Oh, it's ridiculous, especially for a guy like me. I mean, I was a third, fourth-line guy, and, you know, I remember going up against guys like, uh, you know, Mike Medano, and uh, when you're on the ice, you're petrified because you you knew he he could walk you, he could, could, you know, score any which way you wanted, and that's, uh, you know, that's a a different way to intimidate. He didn't intimidate you with his physical presence, but, man, it's uh, the skill and speed that is the way the NHL, and rightfully so, I think the, the game has changed for, for for the good, and uh, these young kids can play. We see it every night with Duclair and Dolmy and Tobias Reeder. These guys are so much fun to watch. Every time they step on the ice, you're waiting for something special to happen, and uh, I'm sure it's uh, a lot like Edmonton right now.
2: Right on. Tyson, thanks for making time for us. Look forward to seeing you at the rink tomorrow.
3: All right. Sounds good. Thanks, bud.
2: Tyson Nash checking in. Talked to him earlier today. He's currently working the uh, Coyotes' Broadcast as they are taking on the Calgary Flames tonight. Uh, Can the Oilers finally beat Arizona in regulation time? It has not happened in forever. We'll tell you when when we get back.
0: Hi, this is Taylor Hoff from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Ched,
2: thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 8:23. So the date, Matthew Panaschik, do you know what it is? You're a bit of an Oilers historian, or is that only goal songs? Well, you remember all the goal songs going back to the WHA days,
1: something like that. Read I, 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 March 11th. Oh boy, March 11th. I couldn't tell you. January what
2: it is. 25th, oh. 2011, was the last time the Oilers beat the Coyotes in regulation time. 21 games. Arizona has at least a point against the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers won the game in January here at Rexall Place uh, in a shootout. Right. They uh, beat the Coyotes in a shootout back in uh, April of 2014. And then in January of 2013, they won in overtime. February 2013, they won in a shootout. That is is stunning. The Oilers have a lot of bad streaks against teams, obviously, given how bad they have been. But, I mean, Arizona hasn't been, Arizona slash Phoenix, hasn't been that good most of that time either. They were in the Western Conference Final. When was that, two or three years ago? But, but, I mean, they haven't, they've had some kind of lousy teams, too.
1: Now I've seen some weird games between the Oilers and the Coyotes. You know, they've had our number for the last, like you said, the last couple of seasons. It's been very odd, some games that have happened against Arizona.
2: Yeah, it's not good. It's not a good streak. We'll see if the Oilers can crack it tomorrow night. Of course, Inside Sports is presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA Safety and Savings for Your Family. 6.30 face-off show, 8 o'clock for the drop of the puck. Trucker Rick texting in about Hinton. We're going to talk to Hinton native Andrew Chernichen for living the dream tonight. He says it smells a lot better now than in the 80s when the smoke was green coming out of the mill. Uh, Joanne texting in, happy birthday, Nasher. It is Tyson Nash's birthday today. Steven says, hey, Reed, I was a guy who said the Oilers can't trade Everly because of how he played with McDavid. And after seeing him with Dreisaitl, I definitely wouldn't trade him seeing his chemistry with both centers. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I guess the guy's thoughts who really matter are Peter Chiarelli, and I think Peter Chiarelli would trade Jordan Everly. Uh, I think he has a few more games, 12 to be exact, to see how Everly plays. I, but I think that could be the guy. I think that could be the guy who goes. Um, now, again, if Yakupov also goes, you're pretty thin down the right wing. So we could see moves in the summer in combination with each other. Just how when you look at the Latestu signing and then and in combination with the Korpakoski for Gordon trade, that's kind of in combination, right? Um, the GRIBA trade was done in combination with some other moves to, to wind up getting GRIBA. I, I just think, you know, we're going to see how Maroon plays. We're going to see if Cal plays, if they want to keep him around. We're going to see how the three centers work together for unfortunately a limited time, but we will get to see it. I just I, I just don't know if they look at Jordan Everly, and look, Everly is a good hockey player and the guy who can produce points. I don't know if he fits in with how Shirelli wants his team to play night after night. So we'll see. I mean, Everly can shoot the puck. Um, he doesn't play A heavy game and that's and that's where this team is headed whether you like it or not and that could mean that a player that some of you have liked over the years could be gone I I just think given the team situation given their need for defense that one of the six million dollar players gets traded and I I think they want to see all three centers together and I think they would like to see that in the next season that's my speculation 6-5, Newfoundland and Labrador leading Northern Ontario. They are in the 10th, Northern Ontario trailing with the hammer. Game will probably be over by the time we get back in about five minutes. We'll update the NHL scoreboard as well. We will go to Ottawa and talk to Mark Kennedy, the third for Team Alberta. They're getting ready to play Manitoba in the 3-4 playoff game. Andrew Churduchin featured in Living the Dream tonight from Hinton. Played with Drayton Valley, went to the NCAA. He's now with the Providence Bruins of the American Hockey League. That's all ahead inside sports on Chet.
1: Listening to 6:30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right.
2: What band is this?
1: Some 41. Some
2: 41. Are they still
1: around? That's a good question. I don't think so. I don't think that made music new music in a long time. So. They were, they were around when I was a kid, so...
2: You still are a kid, panache You're right. I am. 1-1. Flames and Coyotes late in the second period. Boyd Gordon, his second of the year for the Coyotes. Penguins beat the Blue Jackets 3-2. The Stars leading the Blackhawks 4-1. They're into the third. Late in the third, St. Louis up 4-2 on the Ducks. Philadelphia knocked off Tampa Bay 3-1. WHL over at Rexall Place. Calgary Hitman leading the Oil Kings 3-0 with three minutes left in the second period. Keeping an eye on the Breyer 1-2 page playoff game. They're in the 10th, Newfoundland up 6-5 on Northern Ontario. Northern Ontario has the hammer, that one not quite done. Game one of the Chinook League final, late in the first period, the Bentley Generals leading the Stony Plain Eagles. Two zip, about four minutes left in the first. Uh, at the Briar, Alberta will play Manitoba tomorrow. Elimination game, three against four. Mark Kennedy is the third for Team Alberta. Mark, welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
0: Hey, Reed, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Sorry uh, Sorry about my voice. Well, a lot, a lot of yelling this week, eh? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot of screaming. Yeah, not going to lie to you. It's been a pretty intense week.
2: Now, are you a little under the weather as well? Yeah, I got a little bit of a head cold here a couple of
0: days ago, but uh, nothing uh, nothing I can't manage with a little bit of babysitting from my wife. She's taking pretty good care of me here. So it's a bit of a man cold. I get a little bit whiny, but uh, it's a nice day off today, so I should be feeling better by tomorrow.
2: Well, what does the day off mean at this point in, in the briar? Oh, it's, uh,
0: it's been great. Um, you know, we had a chance to go out and match some curling rocks today, um, but also just to give us, Give our bodies a bit of a break and just give us a rest. I mean, that was uh, that was quite the ten day grind we just had. So uh, I think it's really good for us to just get refreshed and we'll come out uh, come out strong tomorrow. Just because we're a little more well rested.
2: At one point, you guys were four and three, facing the possibility of a fourth loss, maybe eliminating you from the competition. It didn't turn out that way in the standings, but obviously, you, did, you didn't know that at the time what were those last uh four games like knowing that really you couldn't drop one
0: yeah it was um i mean that was our big test of adversity we lost a tough one to northern ontario on monday night um and we we got a little bit uh you know it it happens over the long week but as a team we got a little bit there was a little bit of negative energy and we struggled a bit so uh really knew we had to rebound the next morning Uh, that was our toughest test uh but we came out and played great against jim cotter and Got, got some momentum going, made lots of shots, uh, and then beat Quebec in the afternoon, and that just catapulted us to a good day yesterday. So um, it was a tough, tough day on Monday, losing to Gushu and, and Jacobs, but we really put our uh, nose to the grindstone and came out with four big wins.
2: You were quoted yesterday as saying simply, man, this is hard. You and I talked about the field after you qualified by by winning Alberta. I mean did it did it live up to the building? the billing sounds like it did as as maybe the yeah, best field
0: it, ever it did it did and then some I mean the the thing that it took me a long time to realize and it used to we used to love it when other teams would miss you know you'd get a big high if you got a miss from a team and you had a chance to capitalize on an opportunity or score a big end and that just doesn't seem to happen much anymore and that can be really mentally grinding you know you just see shot made after shot made and you have to be so sharp and so good uh for so many games it's just can be mentally exhausting that's what made it so hard is we played really really well uh and we were four and three you know exactly what I, you and i talked about we could play really good this week and go six and five uh, and that's tough on the psyche so uh, but you know what kevin's been a, a really good leader and, and the guys You know, we we stayed tough and really stuck together as a team, which is something we've been working on doing, um, and managed to get through our first goal, which was to get to the playoffs. So now we can kind of restart and and approach tomorrow with the same idea of of, uh, going in as a strong team, and and we'll see what happens.
2: So it's Manitoba tomorrow. You're in the uh, 3-4 game, so the situation is uh, you do not get a second life like the teams in the 1-2 game. I've, I've right. always liked the page playoff system ever since they, they brought it into to curling. I mean, the, the, the semifinal format was, me, to me, pretty unforgiving for a team who might go 11-0 and like Jacobs did this week. You've played this format a lot. What, what, what do you like or not like about the page format?
0: Uh, there's things about it I like. Um, I like exactly what you said. I don't like the sudden-death semifinal. Uh, where you you know first would play fourth and second would play third there's just no advantage to finishing first and all of a sudden you're on your last life we experienced that at the olympics in vancouver that's very difficult so i like that if you do well in the round robin you get a little bit of a benefit um i'd, I'd however the only thing i don't like is uh, there was times where you'd have to beat the same team three times you know once in the round robin again in the in the one two game and then in the final and that can be a very difficult thing to do um so it's got its goods and bads. I'd prefer if first place got a little bit more of an advantage. You know, perhaps first place got the bye to the final. Um, second place got the bye to the semifinal. And third and fourth place would play in a quarterfinal. I would, like, I would prefer to see a format like that. Um, but th- this is good. It, it provides a couple extra games of entertainment for TSN on the weekend. Uh, and uh, so it's not that bad at all. I, I've played at locks. I don't mind coming out of the three-four game as well. The only other thing I'm not a huge fan of is the bronze medal game. Um, that's a tough one to play in. We've played in that one before. So if they could change one thing, I would certainly want to change
2: that. Well, that's an entirely unnecessary game in this format. Give me a quick thought that, on. Uh, give me a quick thought on your opponent before I let you go here.
0: Yeah, Mikey McEwen, and a great team. Probably the best team to never play in a Briar until this year. Uh, played him in the Canada Cup final this year, uh, we definitely consider them one of the top two teams in the world. So uh, we're going to have our hands full, but we do start with Last Rock, and, and Kevin Cooley's playing great. So hopefully we can control the scoreboard and uh, make a couple big shots.
2: Mark, thanks for making time for us on 6.30. Chad, always good to catch up with you. Enjoy the rest of the day off, and all the best tomorrow. Thanks, Reed. Good chatting with you. Talk to you soon. That is Mark Kennedy. They'll play Manitoba in the afternoon. The winner will play the loser of this game in the evening. It's now going to an extra end, Newfoundland and Northern Ontario. We will be living the dream with Andrew Chernichan, Hinton native, now with the Providence Bruins when we get back. <laughs> This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. How about this for the Oilers' farm team after the first period in San Diego? The Bakersfield Condors leading the goals 4-3. Wow, fill in the nets. (laughs) Uh, Jujar Kara has a goal. Ryan Hamilton, Anton Slepeshev, and Mark Olivier Waugh, the goal scorers for the Oilers' farm team Nicholas Lundstrom in net he makes 11 saves on 41 shots well of course once a week on inside sports we have living the dream as we introduce you to somebody playing in the minors
4: it's a luxury and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that so not many people get
2: that opportunity inside sports presents Living the dream Today we introduce you to Andrew Chernichen, forward for the Providence Bruins. Grew up in northern Alberta in the lovely community of Hinton. Andrew, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you. Hopefully uh, the ratings in Hinton just went up now that you're on the on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh you did you grow up in Hinton, play all your minor hockey there and everything?
4: Yeah, I grew up in Hinton, uh, played minor hockey till uh, uh, up until Phantom, and then uh, moved away for uh, Bantam.
2: Okay. You know, now what was it like growing up in Hinton? Because when everybody drives through Hinton, everybody says, how do the people live here with the smell from the pulp mill? What's it like when you actually live there? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I got that a lot when I was younger. Uh, I don't know. You kind of get used to it. It's usually not that bad, but... Uh, um, yeah, depending on everyone says depending on which way the wind's blowing, but uh, if you live there, it doesn't. It's not really uh, bothering.
2: Right. Okay. Um, so you eventually played for the Drayton Valley Thunder uh, in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, Drayton Valley. I know they had some pretty good teams. I can't remember how good they were when uh, when you were on it. But who was who was your coach in Drayton? Uh,
4: my first uh, year was Mark Howell. Uh, we had a pretty good season. Uh, I think we ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs, though, which was kind of disappointing. And then uh, the next uh, two years we had Blaine Gustall, and both uh, very good coaches.
2: Okay, so Mark Howells now coaching uh the UFC and Blaine Gustall is I believe now with uh Augustana in the ACAC. Yeah, so stu- two guys that are still uh still coaching. Your final year in Drake Valley, oh, you had fifty three points and two hundred and thirty six penalty minutes. So you did a little bit of everything yeah. by the looks of it.
4: I knew that was gonna come up. Yeah, I had a lot of uh, a lot of penalties that year. Probably uh, some undisciplined ones.
2: Okay <laughs> Just, you can admit it now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you wound up going to northern michigan university that's a, a fairly common track for guys in the ajhl to get a chance to go into the ncaa tell me a little bit about that that being recruited i mean did you have a lot of options and and why was northern michigan ultimately where you went
4: uh yeah i spoke to several different uh universities uh went on a bunch of visits and uh when i went to uh northern michigan it just uh kind of felt like home like it was similar to uh my hometown of hinton maybe uh it's a little bit bigger but uh i uh, i got along with the coaching staff right away and um i just knew that i would like it there
2: who was your coach there
4: uh walt kyle
2: okay and you guys have good teams
4: uh yeah first uh our second year we ended up going to the national tournament or uh just missed out on uh, double overtime, but uh, every other year we had strong seasons. Uh, unfortunately, my last two years, we ended up uh, kind of falling apart in the playoffs, but uh, every year was, uh, we had pretty strong teams.
2: Andrew Chernichen joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. He's the feature of our Living the Dream segment this week. So you play at uh, Northern Michigan. And then you wound up with the South Carolina Stingrace. I mean, first of all, tell me a little bit about that that end of that university career because it's AJHL, it's university career, and then I would imagine for a lot of guys, and maybe for you included, a lot of question marks, a lot of uncertainty. What was that like once that that university hockey career ended?
4: Uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of scary when your uh, university ends and you don't know what what options you have after that. But uh, I was kind of hoping that uh, I'd have some kind of a nice contract waiting for me, but that wasn't the case. But, uh, yeah, South Carolina got a hold of me, and I ended up going down there. I think they had five games left in the season. And uh, I went down, and played, and then we ended up going on a little run in the playoffs. And uh, I was down there for a little while, so kind of got a decent pro experience right at the end of my uh last year at the university, and then uh, started off there the next season as well.
2: So did, did North Charleston, South Carolina, that's the city you were in? Yeah, that's correct. So what was it like to play hockey there?
4: Uh, I loved it. Uh, beautiful weather. It's a really nice city. Uh, we had good fans. It's just uh, i uh, I really enjoyed my time there.
2: Now when you say good fans, were they different than the good fans you might have had, say, in, in Drayton Valley? What's what's a hockey fan like in South Carolina?
4: Yeah, they uh I mean they're probably not as knowledgeable as the uh, Canadian fans, but uh any kind of action they they go wild, especially fight. Uh it's a really good atmosphere.
2: They like the fighting, eh? Yeah. All right, uh, and how did you hook up with the Providence Bruins?
4: Yeah, my second year in South Carolina, I uh, I got off to a decent start, and I think there were some injuries up here, and I got the call up, and I ended up scoring in my first game, and then
2: uh,
4: kind of been kind of sticking around here ever since.
2: All right, so, I mean, tell, tell fans a little bit where you kind of fit in now well, first of all, are you on an AHL-only deal or are you on a two-way deal? Uh,
4: yeah, I'm on a one-way AHL deal for this season.
2: Okay, but, I mean, obviously, look, you're 26, you're still a young man, and there's always hope. I mean, where do you feel you are right now in, in relation to maybe getting a shot at the NHL?
4: Uh, that's always that's always the dream. Um, every uh, Going into every season, you want to get better and get off a good start, and, I mean... Anything can happen. There's lots of older guys making their uh, NHL debuts nowadays. But uh, yeah, just um, we have a really young team this year, and uh, I mean, just trying to be one of the the guys that can help everyone out, but also make yourself better. And our uh, our group of young guys are actually doing really well this year.
2: Yeah. How would you describe yourself as a player?
4: Uh, I'm a little bit on the smaller side, but uh, I'm fast, uh, good positioning, and uh, I like to play physical when uh, when it's there. And <clears throat> uh, also, I can score when uh, when I get the opportunity.
2: When you look back on the last decade, I mean, going from Drayton Valley to the NCAA to. South Carolina, and now in Providence. Did you ever imagine that, that you would have a, a path like that? I mean, how do you sum up what you've been able to live and do because of hockey?
4: Uh, I probably wouldn't have written it this way, but, uh, I mean, kind of just a journey and uh, you just kind of go with the flow and just try to do the best you can every day. And Also, uh, I've been blessed with uh, the places I've been able to play Great Valley was a great community. Uh, Northern Michigan was awesome. South Carolina was unreal. And uh, here in Providence, we have a great fan base. And just, uh, I mean, I just have fun going to the rink every day.
2: So is that what keeps you going then? Because you know, and this is a standard question I ask everybody in this segment. There, you don't aren't experiencing the the riches and the luxury of uh, of an NHL lifestyle. And, and as you mentioned earlier, you, you may or may not get that experience someday. Though I know you're still working for it. But what what keeps you going? What keeps you playing hockey when you know maybe you could take a, a different path in your life if you wanted to?
4: Ah, uh, yeah. That's- For sure. I I mean, I got my environmental uh, conservation degree from northern Michigan, but uh, I'd like to put that on hold as long as possible based on the fact that, yeah, that's still my dream to uh, play in the NHL. But at the same time, I I love playing hockey, so I I can't imagine uh, doing anything else.
2: Well, I'm glad you're getting the opportunity to do it. As someone who used to cover the Alberta Junior Hockey League, Andrew, I'm glad you're uh, getting a shot here to play pro hockey, and, and you've been doing that for a few years. Anybody, uh, an old coach or anybody you want to say hi to in Hinton? Uh,
4: just my family, uh, my mom, my brother. Um, and then I have a bunch of family uh, just west of Edmonton. hi to all of them. Uh, I have too many coaches and all that to lift, uh, but I, I appreciate uh everything everyone's ever done for me to get me here. Uh, it's awesome, uh, the sport, support that I've had.
2: Awesome. Well, Andrew, thanks for making time for us on 6.30, Chet. All the best the rest of the season with the Bruins.
4: Awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
2: That is Andrew Chernichin living the dream with the Providence Bruins in the American Hockey League. Great to have him on the show. We'll keep going with living the dream uh, for the uh, foreseeable future here on 6.30. Chet. Flames and Coyotes 1-1 after two. Dallas beating Chicago 4-1 in the third. The Penguins beat the Blue Jackets 3-2. The Blues take down the Ducks 5-2. Philadelphia wins 3-1 in Tampa Bay. The Oil Kings now down 5-0 to Calgary after two periods at Rexall Place. The uh, Bentley Generals beating Stony Plain 2-0 after the first period game one of the Chinook League final. And at the Briar, I believe this is the final stone of the 11th end, it is... Newfoundland and Labrador has defeated Northern Ontario 7-6. So the shoe Rink going to Sunday's final. Northern Ontario will play tomorrow night against the winner of the afternoon game between Alberta and Manitoba. I want to thank our guests tonight. You heard from Mark Kennedy from Team Alberta, Andrew Chernichan from the Providence Bruins, Tyson Nash, TV analyst for the Arizona Coyotes, Bob Stoffer from Oilers Now, Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, and Glenn Johnson, the senior vice president of football with the CFL. Interesting chat with him. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. The studio producer this evening, Matthew Panashik. Oilers hockey tomorrow will sign on at 6.30. The game starts at 8 against Arizona. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate that you listen tonight. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down. Until tomorrow the whole world is my own.